Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for all your tire and lube needs. It's not a matter if it's a matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. Make sure you take care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. How about an absolutely beautiful day as we sit here and record on a Sunday afternoon? This 60-degree weather, I know it's still football season. The Super Bowl is in one week. I'm getting so excited for spring, though. Oh, my God. Like, this right here is just such a tease for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm about it. I like being teased. You got me good, Mother Nature. Whoa. <laughs> Didn't expect to get into that today. I mean, we don't have I tried to talk about the weather, and you're over here talking about other things. I don't know what <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's just how that came, came off. I can't. You know, I wish there was a way I could be like, nah, man, I did not like that. Uh huh. Beautiful weather, though. Uh, I should say, I should probably update the cry sheet. I tweeted at you earlier today, played catch with my daughters, I teared up. It got me today. Yeah, but, I, mean, I saw the tweet, and I'm like, I can't wait with that. Like, I can't wait to be in that spot where I'm uh-huh. Nice, beautiful Sunday afternoon playing catch with my kids. Shoulders throbbing. It's okay. It's okay. I, I, I went fetch with my dog today. Took him to a baseball park. So that we kind of have to close Jerry Joplin. Not knowing it's dog parks. Uh, there's what areas. one? My dog's like, there's a human over there. Deuces. I'm not listening to you anymore. So we'll go to a baseball field and play in the outfield. I throw the little nerf football that he's got. He's got a squeaker. Absolutely loves it. I'm sitting there watching it. Sometimes I'll be like, shit. Do a little scramble drill on the back. The little fucker can't catch me. I launch it, you know, 30 yards across the Baseball diamond there, he'll go get it. Today, he's really not that interested in it. He would like run over to it and then like start roaming other stuff. He's trying to eat grass, which is really starting to irritate me. But like outside of that, I was like, yeah, man, I just wish you could almost just throw the ball back. So he couldn't know. He was more interested. Dogs suck. Kids are cool. Pretty much what I've gathered. But having kids. Sometimes they can't throw the ball back either. Yeah, I guess that's true. And then you have to worry about hitting them and hurting them. It's a it's a catch twenty two. It's got its ups and its downs. At what point can you just start slinging it to that kid? Okay, like that's still got it. At, at not to a ten year old girl, I know that, or an eight year old. My kids are not star athletes, but I, I I'm not firing it in there. I will say, pretty impressive with my ability to hit a glove from 50 feet away. Really? They can't catch real well, but the old man can still throw. <laughs> I can put a dime that hits a baseball glove, and they're like, oh, I caught it. It's like, no, I threw it exactly into your glove. Like, you didn't move. It's like the movie The Sandlot when he's like, hey, just put your glove up. That's what it's like, but I'm throwing the ball. If it's anywhere, like their catch radius, if I were scouting them as a prospect, horrible. <laughs> horrible. I'm dropping dimes. I'm very excited about the spring, though. Everything about it. We have, it's like 64 degrees here today. Mm-hmm. I went outside. I started sweating. 
I'm on shower number two for the day. Oh, I need to take, I took a shower and then came here, parked next to the office, walked around the building to get a coffee, walked back, walked up the stairs, immediately sweating myself. So. Uh-huh. Let's do talk about other sports, though. Like I said, we're a week away from the, the Super Bowl, and we're going to dive into that pretty heavy on Thursday. But I did want to start with all the randomness. And then this little nugget that came out over the weekend is that Jim Nance and Tony Romo might be in trouble. That there might be trouble in paradise. And that's something that we had kind of started to hear last week and we talked about it a little bit. Now there are actual reports coming out of even things like you've mentioned it a, a lot this season of Tony Romo blowing his load early and like only knowing a certain amount of things, mainly about quarterbacks. And then after he shares that, he has nothing to add. And I think it was even an article in the athletic that was talking about it. If not, my apologies for getting it wrong. But there is um, some stuff going on in that CBS had an intervention with Tony Romo about him not studying. So it's always nice when you get an article from a credible source that is kind of confirming the things that you've heard. Oh, 100%. And in some people are kind of curious, curious what is being talked about Romo would be blown just a little bit getting the game. The this is not a so comment. <laughs> The night before the these games, games, there are these producer meetings. So, so they, get, they get opportunities to sit down with the players, coaches, from the other for both teams if they're going to call information after using the broadcast. Tony Romo, every question that he, he asks, every, every information, information he gathers, gathers that night before, he is just using all of it, like within the first quarter, to first two quarter, quarters, and then he has, has nothing else. else. And that's where it just becomes that weird, like, Dialogue. I don't know, Jim. What do you think about this, Jim? What do you think about that? And Jim, Jim Nance does not like, I don't know. Well, didn't you say it last episode? Yeah, like, it feels like it's more Tony Romo asking Jim Nance what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And it should be the other way around. And, like, being wrong on what Paul is after your FL rules, you know, specialist is, mm-hmm. I mean, for NFL it's telling it's what the call, call is, and you're just oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, hey, good job. job. Didn't even see it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why it's there. there. Why why that's mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, this is something we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, too. I've never been a supporter of Tony Romo. Uh, even in the beginning when a lot of people were like, oh, this is so great. He's doing such a wonderful job. Look at him. I, I've been kind of the guy that's been out on him. So it is, it's a little bit nice, actually. To have other people confirming um, that he's not good, or just even that he's, it's kind of growing old with his little shtick and what he's doing. And I, I also don't hate on it. Like, I get it. Dude's making $17 million a year. It's a guaranteed contract. He's locked in for a little bit. Right? He's cashing checks. Talking about football every week. Um, it, do, it does suck, though. And, you know, we've even had some of the guys on um, that listen to the podcast that talk about it. And you can tell when you're listening to a Chiefs game that when he does the Chiefs game and they, he handles a lot of them, it has not been good. So uh, I hate to see it from that standpoint because he's doing so many of our Chiefs games, but also the other, you know, the rest of the league, the AFC, for having him do so many big games in the AFC where you have teams like the Bengals and the Bills and, and all these really good teams that are in the AFC, 
and CBS is getting those marquee matchups. And that's just the way that the deals fall. I don't, I don't, this whole NFL is rigged thing, I'm not a believer in it. But it is weird that CBS is getting all of these games and the AFC is so loaded right now. And we're getting stuck with Tony Romo on so many of these great games. And I feel like there are so many other good options out there. Fox has a lot of them. And now Tom Brady going to be there pretty soon. The other thing is, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really feel like you have have another option outside of Tony Romo to take that spot you decide to move on from. I don't even know if it could. It kind of stinks because it's the other town. Joe Buck and Rick, they have to go to ESPN. Curb Street is right there with ESPN as well. He's still staying there. And then he went to Amazon, so he's doing both of those things. Michael's left NBC. Now with Amazon as well, so it's just this huge mix-up that if you're CBS, if you're going to have to go buy somebody from one of these networks, but what one are you going to do when you've already spent all this money on Like, you thought you had the guy. Yeah. It's just been this year, it's just been brutal. It's because it's become a little bit talked about it, where I was just like, you know, like, I don't mind him. And then as the year went on, and the way that he calls Chiefs game, you're just so annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally, personally, I think Tony Romo does, Romo does a good job. If CBS can find a way to buy Dan Orlovsky, I think that would be pretty incredible. But he's just, he just killing it with ESPN. And well, yeah, what he does with NFL Live is so good. Show. Wow. But even seventeen million dollars, and I don't know how they could even get rid of the Tony Romo thing. It's not like they have a salary cap to work with, but I'm sure that it is guaranteed money. So I, I it's. Very comparable to what you see in the NFL. Like I just, I don't know if they can get rid of that contract. So they're probably stuck with Tony Romo forever. Mm-hmm. Or I don't. I think didn't he sign like an eight-year deal? Something just stupid like that. But if it was that long, I didn't realize it. Regardless, like you're you're stuck with him for a a minute. Because even if I'm Tony Romo and they come to me with a buyout, no thanks. I want the whole thing. <laughs> I want all of the money. I will still show up every Sunday. I will do these games and I will travel. I'm not being bought out of this contract. It's almost like Tony just doesn't know how to break down plays on the fly. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't think people realize how hard that is. Like, to see a play and then immediately be like, this is what they did, this is how it's successful, and then immediately tell the viewership. Like, Tony Romo needs a minute to, like, Watch the play, break it down, see what happened, and then go from there, and then he can explain it to you. And maybe that's why he was so good at the beginning was because I am so used to watching this. Again, Tony Romo, trying to predict plays, know what the offense did to be successful, and now it's I've been out of it for a couple years. The game is changing. This is what they're wanting to do. I don't know how to view it. I don't know what they're looking at anymore. And I just need time to break it down myself so I can explain it to somebody, and I don't have that time because the NFL moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. I can't help but wonder if that's part of it as well. Yeah. And I saw another TikTok video that was talking about, like, pointing out the fact that Jim Nance has become a little impatient. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times when I'm watching the game, the announcer is such an important role, and you're listening to them, but I'm not, like, hanging on every word that they yeah. say. So, but so other people are, and that's kind of how they watch the game, and they've noticed it. Of like, oh, this is, looks pretty rough. You can tell that Jim Nance is starting to get a little impatient. So it is, it's something to watch. I mean, this is Tony Romo's probably what third? He's probably done three years now. Yeah. With Jim Nance, maybe the honeymoon period's over. 
I mean, maybe. And I saw something else in the article that, you know, like Tony Romo or, excuse me, Jim Nance kind of makes everything about him or with CBS, it's the Jim Nance show. And, you know, he's got to go down there after the broadcast and do the trophy presentation for the AFC. Like, why did he have to do that? Why didn't Tracy Wolfson do it? And I was just like, you know, like, I kind of get that argument. But at the same time, like, Jim Nance has been doing that for forever. I mean, Jim Nance (laughs) is CBS in my mind. Like, as a kid, I grew up on the voice of Jim Nance watching football games. It wasn't necessarily all the Chiefs games because they weren't very good. But right. like, Jim Nance and Kevin Harlan are I mean, the yeah. two guys for me. That Peyton Manning, like, Tom Brady. Yeah. AFC has been dominating for a long time. Because mm-hmm. even when I was growing up, it was the NFC with the Cowboys and the 49ers. Ever since the 2000s, pretty much been the AFC. And a lot of that is the Patriots. Yeah. Obviously. But they have, they've pretty much dominated over the last mm, 23 years. It doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy that we say this. Oh, my God. Like, it like, the AFC has just been mm-hmm. Even in the 80s, there was the NFC. The 80s and 90s was dominated by the NFC. Mm-hmm. 70s, you could go Steelers. 60s, Packers, Cowboys. So I guess it's, it's flipped through eras, but... The Jets were in there. But now I, I think it's the AFC, and I don't. I just don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. And the Eagles could win on Sunday. That does. That wouldn't change my, my narrative. Just because so many of those dominant teams are in the AFC, mm-hmm. they have been for so long, and it feels like the Chiefs are going to be there for a very long time. Uh, I mean, I know something I just couldn't help but agree with that if Kansas City can find a way to win a Super Bowl with a roster filled with the majority of rookies that are now starting, a new receiving core that came in this year after losing your number one receiver, and you're moving on with some of these guys too, it's like how in the world are the Chiefs just not going to dominate for the next five minutes of years when they're coming into this year's draft with 12 more picks? And they have a pretty good amount of money heading into free agency. Mm-hmm. It's like Brett Veach is excellent at his job, and if he can keep this level of scouting and hitting on picks going, like I mean, it's gonna be a blast. And the villain, like the villain story against the Chiefs, just to grow. And I don't think as a fan, I'm going to handle that. The thing that makes me most nervous as a Chiefs fan is if Andy Reid retires. Like even talking about it a lot last episode, if that would be that'd be tough. I think the Chiefs could pretty much choose who they wanted as their head coach, outside of a couple guys. That is like the only thing that could derail the Chiefs, yeah, because Patrick Mahomes is just too good. He just handles everybody's personality so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coaches and players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do have a couple free agents, and I did want to look at the top free agents. Uh, Matt Bowen of ESPN put out his top 50 ranking of to be free agents this offseason. But I do want to point out this fact first. These lists come out every year about this time when we get into the offseason. We're post-senior bowl now. A lot of these guys won't hit free agency. A lot of these guys will be franchise tagged or they will get a deal with their respective team. But the top two spots... On Matt Bowen's list, I definitely wanted to talk about number one being Lamar Jackson. 
there are reports out there, and I don't know how much of it is true, that the Atlanta Falcons could make a run at Lamar Jackson. And in one of the things I was reading, they they made a run for Deshaun Watson last year. They were willing to give up picks. They were willing to bring him in. And it sounds like Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are close to $100 million apart in guaranteed money. That is a lot of money. So I think that this could be a real problem. If I were betting on it, I don't know what the odds are. I don't have them in front of me. I would bet that Lamar Jackson is a Raven next year. I think he'll probably get franchise tagged and have to play under the tag for a year. Or he'll hold out and they'll get a new deal worked out. It would be exciting to see him go to the Falcons, though. I mean, if you're the Falcons, like, do we go from Mike Vick to Matt Ryan, and then it's like, and now we get Lamar Jackson? Mm-hmm. After that, you're going to get another pocket-passing quarterback. I mean, you're just going to go and back and forth on those. If you're Lamar Jackson, I love the Ravens. If I had to pick a new team, Ravens would be a top-five candidate for me. Mm-hmm. But you've got Kyle Pitts there. You've got Drake London there. Yep. Either one of those guys would be far and away the number one target in Baltimore. Like no one even oh. compares to what those guys are. Mark Andrews is very well, good. I was gonna say, let's not He's very Mark good. Andrews, but, yeah. but having those two guys as options, and then if you have Lamar Jackson, you're going to bring in some free agents. Mm-hmm. The offensive line has not been terrible in Atlanta. You can find some kind of a running game. <laughs> might be through Lamar Jackson. I mean, even with what I mean, Kareem Hunt is going to be a free agent this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a name that I think is going to start getting more attention the closer we get to free agency here because what, what we saw him do in Kansas City, City was great. What, what we saw him do – He's been really solid with the Browns. Was, you know, a little iffy, but he's sharing a little there with Nick Chubb, and those that one-two punch of mm-hmm. him and Cleveland was good as well. But you get him to a team where he gets to be the, the main back again, that's going to be kind of scary. Let's say you do put that in Atlanta with those two receiving options and Lamar Jackson, and they can stay healthy – Let's not forget, that division's wide open. Tom Brady retired. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. they have Kyle Trask at quarterback. Right. That is he's, and he's the only one on roster yes. right now. And, so, and Kareem Hunt, is, he's only 27. Yep. He, I mean, remember, he came in the league and was shining very bright with the Chiefs very early. And so he's still just 27 years old. That's, that's so young for a running back still. I mean, that's another good contract. Sign him for three years. Pay him a little bit of money. I mean, running backs are so cheap. A really million dollar deal, that seems fair. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't sign that. I mean, that's honestly, that's probably more than enough. You think so? Ten a year? Yeah, I think Saquon hit the franchise tag for 11. Three years, 24 mil. <laughs> Even better. And he's probably <laughs> incredibly happy with that. Let me just quick math. Uh-huh, hey, yeah. Year, right, we there we go. We're talking numbers. <laughs> So maybe things are on the come up for the Falcons, but I do. I think it's interesting. I've said that about Lamar this whole time. It's going to be really cool to see a quarterback of his age and his caliber, maybe even test out free agency. But I mean, he is a he is technically going to be a free agent. He will be hit with some kind of franchise tag or transition tag or whatever it is. So whomever wants him is going to have to trade for him. But even if you're the Falcons, like maybe you do pull the trigger. If you were willing to do it for Deshaun Watson, with him being an awful human being, maybe you do it for Lamar Jackson, who has not had any off-field problems. He does have an MVP. A, a clean running back that doesn't have any issues, maybe try to go after Josh Jacobs if you know the Raiders can't yeah. find a way because they didn't extend his fifth-year option. 
he had a really stellar year. Led the league in rushing. year doesn't die. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. Like I said, with guys like Lamar Jackson, you're going to be able to bring in some free agents, whether it is Kareem Hunt or Josh Jacobs. You're going to have some options. And number two on this list is Orlando Brown Jr., left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Maybe I am the only one here. I want to see him walk. I don't want the Chiefs to re-sign him because I've seen the price tag. I don't think he should. And I, I agree on the price tag, but my only concern with it is who do you replace him with? Because mm-hmm. you have to protect Patrick Mahomes. Like, yep. And he's done an okay job. Has it been fantastic? Has it been great? No. But if he can just be like an Eric Fisher level where we don't have to worry about injuries, he's mm-hmm. consistent enough. Patrick Mahomes is used to him blocking. He's used to being his left tackle. He's motivated to be a left tackle on Orlando Brown Jr. The Chiefs. Maybe that's a position you're okay with going. We can throw some extra money there because we've shown that, hey, we can draft DBs late in the round or late in the draft to be fine. Spend your money on your offensive line, and you can bring in guys to just fill in pieces from there. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to pay Creed Humphrey eventually. Yeah. And looking at some of these other free agents that are offensive tackles, because you do bring up the point, like, who are you going to replace them with? Not a lot of great guys, uh, which I think, sucks. Uh, the Glinchy in San Francisco was going to be a free agent as yep. well, and it's possible that he can walk. If you're the Niners, who are you replacing him with at right tackle? Like, you already have enough quarterback injuries that are taking place on their own. Don't do it with, you know, a weak right tackle either because mm-hmm. you're letting McGlinchey walk. Yep. And Orlando Brown Jr. did play on the franchise tag this year. Um, I assume that didn't he do a little bit of a holdout last year? Kind of, like you said, he was going to hold out Orlando Brown yeah. Jr. and then ended up not holding out. I'm just, I am a Chiefs fan. I don't want them to re-sign him, not for that massive deal. If he wants to reset the left tackle market, like I get it. I have not ever watched him be dominant in a game. Like he is almost more of a name than he is a player. Especially so I, at this point, and sorry for the silence here, because I'm sitting here just trying to think, like. I don't know what an offensive tackle looks like dominating either. You know what I mean? Trent Williams. That, that's a, I, I just lied to you guys. I'm sorry. Trent Williams <laughs> is a perfect example. <laughs> right. And I just I don't think that Orlando Brown has really been that good, and he wants to be the highest-paid left tackle in the league. Is there any way he realizes that he's not the, the top-level tackle? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Think I, that, that mindset and ego just continued to grow? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, well, most of it's going to come from his agent. His agent's not going to the Chiefs and saying, hey, I know we had a little bit of a down year. We're willing to take a pay cut. Nope. Especially if he wins the Super Bowl this year. Then that's probably a sign of like, all right, I've won my Super Bowl. I'm going to go get my money. Just like we saw with Tyreek. And I don't hate it. This is your career. Go get your money while you're young and you still can. I I hope that the Chiefs find a different option, whether it is maybe using some of these draft picks to trade and find a suitable left tackle, but... I don't even think in an Andy Reid offense that you need a dominating left tackle. I don't think they have one right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you can replace him. You're not going to get top talent, but even the like, oh, you have to protect Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. They haven't so far. 
I just I went down, down the rest of this list, list looking for other offensive tackle. And it's like, terrible. There's, 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 <laughs> there's nothing. nothing. There's <laughs> nothing there. Mm-hmm. Jawan Taylor. Right. And even in the draft. Uh, McGarry or McGarry. Yeah, McGarry, excuse me. Uh-huh. No. You're drafting at 31-32. You're probably not finding a marquee tackle of that position. But you know what? They found Creed Humphrey and they found Trey Smith in the draft. Yeah. They, they just both fell to him in the second and the sixth round. Mm-hmm. If you're Kansas City, with the draft being at Kansas City this year, does that add any little bit of motivation to the front office to maybe make a splash move? I don't think so. you have 12 picks heading into the draft? Or maybe they could trade up and get a guy. You got any names in mind? No, not really. Um, There's a guy out of Northwestern that's pretty good. Uh, There's a tackle out of Georgia that's pretty solid. I don't know that you're trading up to get those guys. What about the uh, kid from Ohio State? There's no way he makes it that far? No, the big right tackle? Wasn't he left tackle at first and they moved him to the right side, or am I making that up? Mm, I don't remember. Like we've been hearing about oh, yes, for yeah. A while. Uh, Paris Johnson. Yes. Yeah. But he's not going to be there at 32 or 31. Yeah. For sure. Or however we're labeling this pick, because the Dolphins forfeited their first-round pick. Which is confusing because I've seen some mock drafts that are like picking at number 31, your Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. So whatever. They're going to be picking late in the first round. I don't know. Maybe you can. Offensive tackle class isn't horrible. (laughs) I've talked myself into this draft in a left tackle. (laughs) Don't pay Orlando Brown. Maybe even tag him again and see who wants to trade for him. That's what I was going to say. Maybe you just tag him. And then from there, it's like, okay, hey. We'll go get somebody in free agency next year again, or we can draft somebody. Yeah. But, like, but you don't have anyone else to franchise tag right now, to be like, right. completely honest. There's not another you know option unless you want it to be Juju Smith-Schuster, and I don't think the Chiefs should do that. No, I, I, I don't either. I don't think they should use their franchise tag on anybody unless they're trading Orlando Brown or getting, get him to play on the franchise tag again mm-hmm. this year, that if might, he will. That might just be mm-hmm. the plug. Sorry about you. We're not going to pay you almost – for above average tackle play, I think that's being fair. What did Trent Williams get? Was it 23? Uh, 23, 22. Yeah. He's nowhere near what Trent Williams is doing. I'd pay him 19. I mean, I would. If he would accept 19, I would do it to him. I don't think he will, though. It's going to be 23 or out of town. Backload the hell out of that contract. <laughs> And if he earns it, he earns it. If he doesn't, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't it a super long contract, too? Wasn't it like a six, seven-year deal? All right, no way. It wasn't. Oh, for Trent Williams? No, for Orlando Brown, the deal that he turned I down. I really wish I remembered the numbers, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do remember thinking, like, you almost spent a ton on Trent Williams. I remember seeing the contract and thinking, thank God he didn't <laughs> sign that. Uh, a couple other free agents on this list. Again, this is Matt Bowen's list. Um, Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle with the Eagles. Deron Payne, the defensive tackle with the Washington Commanders, come in at number three and number four. Number five is a really interesting one, though. It's Geno Smith with the Seattle Seahawks. And I saw him do like a, an interview over the weekend where he was like, yeah, we're, we're talking and things look good with the Eagles. Good for Geno Smith. The Seahawks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said Eagles. I, was just I meant the Seahawks. Okay. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You better win on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> or here comes Gino. He's got to feel good about that, though. Gino Smith. What do you think they're paying him? What is. He's in his 30s. He's 32. You think he gets 12? 
He's got to get more than that. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, oh, he's going to get at least 28, 29, right? And you gotta, you got to at least pay him what? You at least got to pay him at 20s. Probably so. I don't know. Four-year contract, $100 million deal. There's no way. Maybe you could do like a Kirk. <laughs> that just sounds insane. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could do like a Kirk Cousins, fully guaranteed, like two-year, $30 million deal. Or, excuse me, two-year, $60 million deal, and he gets 30 a year. Some, yeah. Yeah, maybe overpaying, but a short contract. That's a scary. Well, like, what was I thinking coming in and being like, oop, 15? I feel like that's a fair value for him, but but he's a quarterback in the NFL. They're making 50 now. Thanks a lot, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Mr. I don't want 50 million. Even looking at some of these cap numbers, you got guys like Ryan Tannehill making almost 30. No. Yeah. He's going to get a two or three year deal. He fully guaranteed. And that's the way I would go about it, too, if I'm Gino. I would just want a fully guaranteed deal. Like, hey, I spent years in a backup. I got my jaw broken. You want me to back back for the Jets. I'm going to come over here. So that behind Russell Wilson. I let him cook. Didn't work out. I took over. New head chef in town. And Gino's about to get paid. Good for him. Maybe the comeback player of the year. When's my redemption story going to be for $60 million a year? <laughs> I still wonder. Like, we talk about that. Like, it's just like, man, $60 million, that's a good deal for a quarterback. If somebody paid me $60 million, I still have zero idea what I would do with that amount of money once I hit my bank account. Would I, have to, would I keep the same account when I have to go to the bank? You'd have to open multiple accounts. Like, can I look at U.S. Bank and be like, hey, I now have $60 million. What do I do? And they're going to be like, uh... Yeah, we don't have that, Bob. You can't. <laughs> Geno Smith made $7 million this year. You're going to have to double it at least. It's so weird looking at some of these contracts, too, versus their cap number, versus $7 million? what they're being paid. Because mm-hmm. guys like Kyler Murray, 30 or so is what the cash spent is. I don't know. I'm not a cap guy. But Gino's going to get paid. And good for him. He should. He's a starting quarterback. He does deserve it. Give him that. Led his team to um, the playoffs. Yep. So maybe he does get like a Kirk Cousins deal. I can't imagine he gets more than a two or three year deal. I got another player here that I want to talk about. Because um, Geno Smith, that's going to be interesting. You definitely need to keep an eye on that. But this is a player that you deemed as the reason why you got your start into podcasting, into this world. And that's Saquon Barkley. And mm-hmm. you've been very vocal about mm-hmm. the fact of like, do you pay this guy? Do you not? He helped lead the Giants to a playoff game. Very high up in the division, successful season. Now he's been fully healthy. Do you pay Saquon Barkley? Or are you still in the mindset of no? Franchise tag. Really? <laughs> yep. Do it again. <laughs> I would. Yeah, last year coming into the season, I said I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay him. I think I even said last year I wouldn't even franchise tag him. The great thing about the running back position is it's so cheap now that might as well. Do you, Why not? Uh, if you don't already know, if you haven't already looked, do you know how old Saquon Barkley is? Oh, he's young still. He's probably like 25, 26. 26. Yeah, because he was young coming into the league. So he's still, he's still got another year. Say you give him a four-year deal. I'd be okay with that. Or maybe you even give him a five-year deal, knowing that, like, hey, the last year of that contract, you're not going to be with us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pay you, but you're not going to be here. So I, I would. And for the Giants, like, who else are you giving money to? 
shouldn't be Daniel Jones. I was going to say, I was gonna say Daniel, Daniel Jones is a free agent. You already said no to his fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. So, they're, I mean, they're in another so spot, in another spot too. What are they going to do at quarterback? Mm-hmm. You have zero receiving options that are reliable. At least I feel like. Because you traded away Kadarius Tony. Kenny Galladay has been nothing. Sterling Shepard. Offensive line has been good. Yeah, so they, I mean, they've got some pieces to work with too, and I like Saquon. And he came back and he was healthy all year, so I would, I would franchise tag him. And if he does it again, then sure, pay him. Would you sign would you Saquon, Saquon and then franchise tag him? Probably. That's what I ideal would be, I think, Just because even Saquon has said that he wants to be there. So give Daniel Jones another year to prove that he can be good, and if he does, then you give him. Maybe a Ryan Tannehill type contract. Maybe that's what the Giants should do. Then. Like I like that like idea, I like that idea that, that we did. Sign Saquon, mm-hmm. franchise tag Daniel Jones, and where you're at in the draft, and where you're draft, get another receiver. After, like like a live talk. talk. I don't know what their, their cap is. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they're not their cap. They're cap situation. Cap, situation. cap, space, cap space is the word I'm looking for. So yeah. You can go buy someone in free agency. Because there is a list of receivers that are going to be available. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. You Juju want to back? Juju Smith-Schuster. DJ Shark. Available. DJ Shark. Receiver for the Lions. You tried with Kenny Galladay. Maybe you were wrong. With that line, here comes DJ mm-hmm. Shark. Yeah. And again, uh, we mentioned Saquon, Josh Jacobs already. There's some offensive talent out there. Sadly, none of it is on the offensive line. <laughs> Even at tight end, uh, you've got a guy like Dalton Schultz in, in Dallas. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's a free agent, too. I mean, now he got hurt, and it's... It's not looking good, but leg, yeah. Zeke Elliott probably going to be available. Tony Pollard's 26. Kind of a low-key, exciting free agent class. And then throw in the quarterbacks that we know, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, who I think Aaron Rodgers wants out. I mean, everyone, he's at that pro-am mm-hmm. uh, this weekend, right? And everybody's talking about the Raiders. I saw somebody tweet, I really wish I just would screenshot these and bring them into the show so I could read off who said it, and then we could be like, okay, do we believe it or not? But it was just like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to be a Raider by next season. I was like, that sounds Yeah, I saw one, though. I saw another screenshot saying that he would be a Jet. So I think some of it is just beat reporters. Not even fans, you're bloggers. Yeah. Oh no! I talked to his agent. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're just saying that you did. Dude, he was in Mobile yesterday. <laughs> exactly. I exactly. Met, I met him at Vegas. Yeah. Oh, you mean this agent who was drunk at a bar who was like, "Yeah, uh, sure." What What's your story? Who do you work for? Yeah, Aaron wants to go to the Jets. Write it. <laughs> I've seen it a million times. But with Aaron Rodgers, I do think he wants out of Green Bay. I don't know if that's going to New York. I don't know if it is Vegas. I would assume it's Vegas. You have Devontae Adams there. You've got some pieces. I would I would think it would be Vegas. Vegas is an interesting spot because they need help on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they need to focus on their defense, at linebackers, and more in their secondary, too. Mm-hmm. You can fix those through the draft. You can fix that in free agency quickly. And I say that as you know, a Chiefs fan who watched it happen in an offseason. Yeah, complete overhaul. Yeah. And so I, I do. If I had to bet on a team outside of the Packers, now he definitely could go back to the Packers. But if I had to bet on a team outside of the Packers, I think it would be the Raiders. I'm still sticking with the Jets. Like I just mainly because I don't want to see him in the AFC West. 
The Jets are a weird one for me. The possibility of the Raiders hitting with Aaron Rodgers and the Broncos hitting Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Oh, and then here comes Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert with the Chargers. God dang it. The Jets are, are an interesting one because it feels like they're the team that is always used <laughs> to get better deals. I just deals. want this to be the time where that doesn't happen. I'm not rooting against it. I'm honestly not. I think it would be cool to see what that roster could do with a good quarterback. So I'm Jets fans and I, we have a love-hate relationship. I love to be right, and they hate me when I am. Could Rodgers hand Yeah. I think if he wanted to. It, the criticism might be tough. Just he could get a lot of it in New York. He didn't play well last year. And I think even in Green Bay, there were probably just people that like didn't want to be critical of him. But I think that he could he could probably handle it. I think it's a valid question, though, because he he's a little bit soft. Yeah. You're going to go do the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday after a shitty Sunday? TBD. <laughs> I'm here for it, though. I'm rooting for it. Yeah. I really want Aaron Rodgers to be moved this offseason. Yes, I, this, it would be so exciting. And Lamar Jackson, too. Like If he goes back to the Ravens, I'm not going to be unhappy with that, clearly. I, I want another crazy march mm-hmm. where we come in and we're like, yeah. uh, which well, topic do we start with? And how about this one? Derek Carr, he's due $40 million on February 15th. That is a, that's 10 days away. He's, he needs moved soon. And the Raiders want to trade him. They're going to have to find a trade partner. I wonder if it's this week. Right. And we've seen quarterbacks trade you know, the week leading up to the Super Bowl. So. Mm-hmm. Right. I definitely think that it could happen. And it's other things that happened today, I don't know if you watched any of the Pro Bowl. I didn't. I have not, no. I'm but I, I've, just, I've been checked out on the Pro Bowl for years. I haven't watched it. Even this year, I thought it was cool that they tried to shake things up. It was 65 degrees today, 60, 65. I was outside doing things. I didn't want to be in watching flag football. If you did, that's great. I'm happy for you. I took one look at this roster of quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and said, nah, I'm good. On the AFC side of things, you had Trevor Lawrence and Derek Carr and Tyler Huntley, who I really like. He (laughs) He had like two touchdowns this year. You know what that makes me worry about? Kenny Pickett possibly becoming (laughs) a Pro Bowl quarterback. (laughs) Because how in the world do you get that far down the list? Mm Mm-hmm. And still go, Tyler Huntley, you want to come down to Vegas? Yep. And it's fan-voted is another thing, too. But on the AFC side of things, you have Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl, so he automatically was disqualified. Josh Allen is out with an injury, I guess. But can golf? What? But and Joe Burrow as well is out with a quote-unquote injury, I guess. Pissed that we lost. Lamar Jackson, obviously, he's out with an injury as well. And... That's how you get these guys. Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr. Like, I can almost understand that. Yeah. T- the Tyler Huntley stuff. I like Tyler Huntley. There's no argument that can be made that he should be in the Pro Bowl. I'm trying to think of another AFC quarterback that we're just like Justin Herbert is not in there. I guess maybe he was hurt as well. <laughs> Tua can't go. He was gone. Hurt. The Jets have no one. So I'm just looking at. By division, the Patriots, Mac Jones, like he, no, I guess he couldn't go either. He had a bad year, I mean, he wasn't even starting there for a little bit. The Browns, Deshaun Watson didn't play enough, and I don't, he could have been voted in, and the NFL probably was like, no, not gonna happen. The Texans and Colts, no, 
<laughs> if it would have been Kenny Pickett, I would have shit my pants. Like, if it would have gotten, like, who would have been next after, if Tyler Huntley said no, who was next? I would think, guys, like, I don't know why Mac Jones wasn't. Jacoby Brissett? I mean, I felt like he played fine. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yeah, it's a tough spot. And even on the NFC side, it wasn't much better with what they had. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, and Jared Goff. I'm not buying tickets to go see those guys play. And this is a quarterback-dominated league. And that's why like a lot of the, the contracts are tied to, like, oh, how many Pro Bowls did you make? Or Hall of Fame votes. Yeah. We've got to redo that. you got to start looking at all pro stuff because well, the Pro Bowl stuff is just outdated. We're eight guys down that are Pro Bowlers as in the quarterback position. So okay, contract, contract bonuses because, because of this as well. This year, from the Pro Bowl, here's a bonus. Yeah, here's an escalator. Yeah. And then it's like, whoa. Well, if you're Tyler Huntley's agent, <laughs> you go to these other teams, you go to the Ravens and be like, you have a Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> Trade us. We want out of here. Let, Let Lamar walk. walk. Who cares? We Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's a new era. Is there a quarterback controversy brewing in Baltimore? Tyler Huntley, Pro Bowler. Coming up next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Pro Bowl stuff I didn't watch. I, I respect that they're trying to be creative and do something. I just didn't care. And I honestly, it, maybe it was because I was busy today, living life. I didn't see any like clips. I saw one that was um, Jalen Ramsey lays out Tyreek Hill. It's like, nope, they ran into each other. That was it. Playing five that's football. another thing we've got to be better at with these clip outs. Bleacher, Bleacher Report started the hot trend of it. You know, that was kind of neat and different with the Instagram captions. That was, you know, included the emojis. was kind of more modern and down with engagement. Now it's just like not every play is that freaking impressive for a clip out. Like, not, mm-hmm. like you don't have to force clips to be impressive. Just post them. Sometimes I don't even think there's a caption needed right now with all these freaking reels. Mm-hmm. You'll be scrolling Instagram and you see a video and you watch it and then you go to keep scrolling down Instagram and next thing you know, an hour and a half later, you've just been watching reels the whole time. You don't follow any of these people. Yeah. Like that's the part that gets me. I'm back to just, I'm honestly just thinking about deleting Instagram because I just, I get freaking sucked in and lost in the app. Really? And it's all. Are you an Instagram reels or a TikTok guy? I've gotten into Instagram Reels. I was going to say, I feel like people are trending towards Instagram Reels. And it's because I get so locked into, you know, just scrolling on Instagram that then I get stuck in a Reel because Bleach Report will post a clip on something. I'm like, oh, that's neat. And then the next ones that are there are like, why is this even on my feed? I'm not interested in this. I had somebody ask me a week ago about Bleach Report stuff. Like, hey, you used to do some stuff with them, right? So, yeah, I did. It's been a minute, but I did. They ask me why they always send out push notifications when a player tweets something. That's been my gripe for years. It's one of the reasons why I deleted the app. Mm -hmm. I follow LeBron James on Twitter. I follow Patrick Mahomes on Twitter. I don't need a push notification that says they tweeted prayers up every time somebody gets hurt. Yeah. (laughs) This is what players in the league got to say about this injury. Yeah, they all do. Yeah. Every one of them. Like, ooh, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, thrilled with yeah. triple double tonight. Yeah. Prayer awesome. emoji every time somebody gets hurt. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we get it. Uh, I don't know. So, to answer any of those questions, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. I don't know I don't what Bleach Report does anymore, just to be honest with you. I don't either. Like, I mean that as respectfully as possible. I literally have no idea what Bleach Report does. 
I know what they used to be and who they were, and it was great and mm-hmm. awesome, and it was the reason they got to where they are. Now, I mean, they're just are they just yeah. the strictly like we just post on Instagram and send out push notifications? We provide yep. nothing else. You look at a, a lot of the young up and coming guys in sports. There was an era where they were all at Bleacher Report. Yeah. Um, obviously, Matt Miller doing the draft yeah. stuff uh, is at ESPN now. Adam Lefko, who was a, like a football guy at mm-hmm. Bleacher Report, and I think he maybe right. still does some stuff there. I don't honestly know how that works. I don't either because he's the next Ernie, though. He's I think he is going to take over he NBA on TNT, right and that is so awesome to see because he is so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Nelson is now going to be calling games for the Dodgers. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, he's been with MLB Network. And it's so, yeah, it's crazy too. Like those three guys, I've seen them do a draft together Mm -hmm. for the NFL. Now you've got Steven Nelson who's doing so much stuff with baseball and hockey. Mm -hmm. And you've got Adam Lefko who's doing NBA stuff. That's great. What was Bleacher Report doing with them? And Chris Sims as well. Chris Sims was there at the same time. All those guys, mainstream and dominating in different sports. So, yeah, also him. So, uh, also credit to them for to Bleacher Report to be able to like, hey, we're going to find these guys, develop them, and then for some odd reason, let them go. <laughs> it's like they were the XFL, mm-hmm. but like better, I guess, because <laughs> like they actually sent guys to the next level. And the reason I say it's like, like they're the SEC of you know college clash. football. <laughs> it's like, wait, you had all these people in the, in the same spot in the same time. It's like, yeah, we did. And Jamar Chase was, and Justin Jefferson. You couldn't get licensing for you know like the draft and stuff. Like I don't feel like that would be that hard to overcome. <laughs> it was a crazy time. Yeah, I don't know. Congratulations to them 10 years ago, (laughs) I guess. Uh, One other thing before we sign off for today, uh, basketball news. We've been talking about basketball, that we were going to start watching it and getting into it. I even asked you guys to be accountable. You guys did a shitty job. You just say that. It took a major shakeup in the NBA for me to be like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) And that was the Kyrie Irving trade that happened very quickly. Uh, He requested a trade. I feel like that was with two days ago mm-hmm. or so. And then earlier today on Sunday, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. I was surprised that it was the Dallas Mavericks. Same. I, I mean, I was reading about it this morning and it, I just assumed it would be the Lakers. I honestly just thought yep. that's what's going to happen. I saw the Clippers kind of emerge like, Oh, the Clippers might be the favorite. And I thought, okay, that still puts him in LA. You've got um, Paul George. You've got Kawhi out there. A lot of load management going on. I don't know when these guys will ever be on the court together, but that makes sense. And then the Phoenix Suns were another one where I didn't quite know how that one was going to work with Chris Paul and Devin Booker out there. But the Mavs swoop in, and I think they need another guy like this. It is going to be weird with two ball-dominant guards in the same offense. Mm -hmm. And they gave up a little bit that you're giving up Spencer Dinwiddie you're giving up a first-round pick, which means almost nothing in the NBA for a guy that's a half-year rental. But I also think that Dallas needs something to push them over the hump. And maybe it is Kyrie, or maybe they just burn, and this is terrible. But I like the fact that they're finally taking a chance and, and trying to pair somebody with Luka. Because he needs help. He needs help, and they just don't have the star power in Dallas. So I mean, He definitely needs another dominant score with him. But that's the issue with Kyrie is – and what you brought up, he's a dominant ball handler. I mean, he's going to hold on to the ball. He's going to go yep. get his own shot. That's also what Luka does, though. That's why they're so Right, good. they're so similar. It's like, 
what the NBA is missing is another Ray Allen, where uh, you can get 21 points from your dominant three-point shooter who's not going to want to handle the ball like crazy, will get into an open spot and dominate. There's just not enough of those type of players right now. It's either you score with the ball on your own or you don't. Mm-hmm. Like that's the problem right now with some of these teams, and then you get all these star players that are wanting to you know switch it up or go team up and stuff. And even this right here, personally, I just oh, I hope it works out. I think it could be very exciting, but I can also just see it blowing up very quickly. Yeah, Especially I think anything with the attitude and ego that Kyrie Irving has. I was just anything with Kyrie Irving, you have to be worried about. And like I said, I get it what the Mavs are doing. And you're not tied to him long-term, even though you gave up some pretty solid players to get him. I think they had to take a chance. They're the sixth seed right now in the Western Conference. So if you are going to get past teams like the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Clippers, the Suns, then you probably needed to make some kind of a move. I don't know that it's going to work. But I, I, don't know. I guess you have to take that chance. And then... Uh, even when I was driving to the office tonight, I saw that the Phoenix Suns are prepared to pursue Kevin Durant now. And like, what? Maybe the the Nets, who are the four seed in the Eastern Conference, and I can remember a couple of weeks ago talking about like, man, things are really starting to click. Yeah. Like they got rid of their coach. Things are really starting to click with the Brooklyn Nets. But in typical Kyrie Irving fashion. Now things are blowing up completely, and you've got a guy like Kevin Durant who's been tied to the Suns a lot. So maybe that happens. I don't know what the Nets would want back in return. They didn't get a lot back in return for Kyrie, but this is also a guy who's under contract. So, hell, if I'm the Phoenix Suns, take take my whole future, whatever you want. How many draft picks do you want? Take them all, and then I'll throw in – uh, Mikael Bridges and some of these other say, lower level the, guys. Uh, De- DeAndre Ayton. I was going to say, Ayton, the Suns, can you keep like, a guy like Ayton? You know what <laughs> I mean? You're, you're a big dominant guy. But at the same time, it's like you won't necessarily need that if you have Kevin no. Durant. Because uh, guess what? We're right. going inside. We're <laughs> stroking it from deep, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Uh, mm. I, and I would, I would like that move too uh, for the Suns and for Kevin Durant. Honestly, I think that would be a pretty good fit. It, because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are kind of the last breed of – the kind of guys you were talking about that can get an open look by working off ball. And that's why Chris Paul's so good with them too. I, Kevin Durant does not need the ball in his hands to score. Neither does Devin Booker. And that's why I thought the pairing of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and uh, Ben Simmons was going to be so great. Turns out they're all three a little bit of a head case. So it didn't. <laughs> Man, if you're Ben Simmons, what do you do? If you get left in Brooklyn by Kyrie and Kevin Durant, it's like – this just sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't fun. And Spencer Dinwiddie, wasn't he with the Nets two years ago? Yes, like, he was. So he's kind of just made his way all the way back around. Yeah, I think that was when Kyrie was there, but Kevin Durant was sitting out. And then Kyrie missed like so many games because his dad had a birthday or something. Yeah, uh, It was Spencer Dinwiddie who kind of took over and was like, all right, I'll be the dude here. Yeah. Now he's – guess who's back? I'm returning. He's a solid player. He really is. I like him. I, I thought that he would be good in Brooklyn. I never thought he'd be like the dude, but I, I thought he was going to be a really solid player. I still think he is. It, it kind of sucks for him, though. I, I liked him in Dallas. But watching as the trade deadline, I think it's like Thursday, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving only – Ended up playing in 74 games together. God. That's it. That's embarrassing. 
Yeah. And the NBA definitely has a problem. Load management is just becoming mm-hmm. an increasing thing. I think it was even Richard Jefferson who's been talking about it a lot lately, too. And he told a story on his TikTok, too, of, you know, I can remember getting tickets to a game. I think it was the Spurs game. I don't remember where he's from. He got tickets to the game, and his family could only afford one ticket. So his dad dropped him off at the gate and said, all right, you can go in and watch the game. Only afford one ticket. Imagine doing that and your favorite player's not playing. You know, Kawhi Leonard is sitting out because he had to play last night. And the NBA has a real problem. I don't know if shortening games is what's going to do it. I've always thought that giving awards away, like the scoring title, should not go to the person who's averaging the most points. You give that award to the person who scored the most points over the season. Points per game and per game is almost killing things. Yeah. Or sabermetric stats of like who's over you know forty eight minutes. Don't care anymore. Give it to the guy who's playing eighty two games. Yeah. Like Trey Young last year should have been he should have been the scoring champ and the assist champ. He didn't get either one because per games. He played a bunch of games, but he had more assists than anybody else. He had more points than anybody else, I believe. But the NBA is, it does have a problem. The players sitting out. I don't know how they fix it. Felt so strongly about that. I do. I it pisses me off, honestly, <laughs> because I can relate to that. Well, I went to my first NBA game when I was in like seventh grade, and we didn't. We don't have any NBA teams around us, so I went to Memphis. My, I got my birthday and Christmas present that year nice. was to go to Memphis, Tennessee, and watch Tracy McGrady and the Orlando Magic play in Memphis. It was like hard for my family to do. We had to take time. Like my parents took time off work. Mm-hmm. I missed school. It was a birthday and Christmas present for I think me and my brother that year. Like it was expensive. Yeah. Imagine planning that and getting all the way to Memphis and then Tracy McGrady not playing. Like that's what families are going through right now. And it's bullshit, honestly, that these NBA players are doing it. I get it. It's your career. You want to try to have that longevity. It's bullshit though. When you're sitting out just because you don't want to play games, like either don't play that many games or do something to where you're regulating load management. It is a. Like even if you like know they were going to throw rest too. I don't do it like a factory job. Like you get three on four off, four on three off. Like you know what I mean? Like go back and force them snapping. Like okay, you accept it. That you're not. After something, you're just in load management. Yeah, and that's why LeBron is probably well, he's like thirty six points away from the score all time points leader. I don't know that anybody will ever touch it. He's thirty six I think thirty six. He's gonna break it this week. Fuck, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna break the record this week. I don't know that anyone will ever touch his record I because I don't know. I don't know what you've been doing. Is it everywhere? Yeah. Look at me getting because you don't have Bleacher Report pushing you notifications of LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know that anyone will ever touch that record. One, because LeBron has scored like 27 points over the course of 20 years. Mm-hmm. Also, I just don't know that you're going to see anybody play enough games with the way that the NBA is right now for anyone to break his record. I mean, the fact that he's breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record is crazy. Yes, he's 36 points away from Cream. I just looked it up. I don't know that anybody, even you get a guy like Wimby who's coming in, he's going to play in the NBA from the time he's 19, 20. You've got Luka, who's going to be in the NBA for a very long time. I think even he has gone on record and saying, like, 
I don't really know how long I'm going to play. 20 years is a long time. Don't think I'll do that. I'd rather farm. <laughs> so even some of these young guys, I just I don't know that we'll ever see LeBron's points record be broken, which is kind of nice for guys like you and uh, LeBron fans. I mean, he's a goat, dog. <laughs> he's the number two all time, Another for sure. Another record he's going to hold here. And here's the thing with the Lakers. If they win, they went on a losing streak a couple, I think it was last week or the week before. And I, was actually I feel like they always buddy. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was when LeBron threw that fit after getting fouled, you know, clearly by Jason Tatum at the end of the game. And it was like, why in the world? I'm not going to defend that. It was ridiculous. It was a little over the top. But when you do, do kind of like break down the like, where I really, I really think, think that was LeBron the reaching the point, point, point in this. It's not me defending the fit. It's just me trying to understand where it came from. And I think it's because if they would have won the games that they lost, like in top six in the West, like the West is not good. Like it's competitive right now. We're like they're they're beating each other, and it's not good. Lakers just have four more wins and four less losses. They are in playoff contention, but. LeBron, LeBron James comes to the booth, you know, the, the table after every game is just like, we can't afford these mistakes, we can't afford these losses. Mm-hmm. And then you get guy like Russell Wilson who's just getting in all these little bitchy fights or whatnot. Russell Westbrook, excuse me. Russell Wilson doing nothing like Denver. But Russell Westbrook, and it's just like, Anthony Davis is like, you're dealing with these injuries, I'm trying to carry the load, and it's just like one thing after another, and then you keep losing games. It's like, man, I almost feel bad for LeBron in Los Angeles. Yeah. If it but the consequences of your actions, like you did this <laughs> yourself, well, right? You the GM, like, man, I get it. I feel bad. Same time, it's like uh, I picked this team and it's not going to be wanted to. But at the same time, it's like if things could just fall your way a little. Do you remember when Dan Snyder and like even like Al Davis, they used to always sign like these old veterans. It's like, man, like you guys don't realize they were really good three years ago. Why are you paying them now? That's LeBron. It's like, hey, man, Westbrook's not good anymore. Why are you trying to bring him to L.A. and be like your, your running mate? The Anthony Davis one, I get. He was the top power forward in the league. I thought he was going to be really good, and he was for a, a year, kind of. They won the championship. Yeah. So they, they got that championship, but, man, it cost you. It cost you a lot. Mm-hmm. I almost, I almost wish the Lakers, Lakers could do this week. Bring somebody in and legitimately like help LeBron. Like, almost tell LeBron, like, hey, you'll get those 36 points here in a little bit. Let me carry a load for you. Let me help you get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know, one, how you afford that, and two, who you go get. Right, because they've already given up so many draft picks to get guys like um, Anthony Davis and Westbrook and cap space. I've always thought that LeBron and Kevin Durant would be lethal together it, it it is a little bit of like a super team but obviously both of them are cool with that yeah but I, I think that kevin durant would be absolutely perfect for the kind of guy that lebron wants to play with that lengthy like he's not a traditional power forward but i don't think lebron needs that anyway he wants a six foot 11 guy that can shoot from three yeah. that's exactly what kevin durant he is wants chris bosh on steroids mm-hmm. right like legit for muscle but just talent wise yeah like he's kevin never durant. cared about like guys like kevin love or chris bosh getting in there and getting rebounds no we're going to use you as a stretch four and you're going to hit from three just do that so it would be interesting it kind of sucks that if it did happen it's at the end of their careers i'd still like to see it though mm-hmm. i would i would find myself rooting for that and if i'm the lakers i would trade anthony davis I would trade Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Just be like, hey, give us KD. Just send him to Brooklyn. 
Yeah, you get both of these guys. Like, we don't even care at this point. They're not going to be on the court, and when they are on the court, they're not good. Give us Durant. Who else you want? You want that other white guy that came up? That's not Alex Caruso? Take him, too. <laughs> like, I don't care. Take them all. Um, trade deadline Thursday, though. Super Bowl next week. Let's end the show right there. We finally did it. We talked NBA. Steph Curry is also hurt, but I have no idea where. Steph Curry? Steph Curry is he's torn some ligaments. I don't know if it's a knee. I don't know if it's an ankle. I don't even know. I've never heard of these ligaments. Not a doctor. I'm clearly not on the NBA side. You don't talk big booty hoes? Is that? <laughs> That's all he's going to keep showing me. It's like, hmm. hey, this is great. I need to stop. I like get this out of my sight of view. That's the point of view. It's my side mm-hmm. of view. Jesus Christ. Uh, correctly. I think that's I, a I, you I, problem, dog. And then it comes off like, ooh, got a problem. It looks just like, it, it is where I'm at. Can I just, just hop on the uh-huh. It's just like bouncing tits. I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm not no, looking. This, this is not, not the set for that. that. Mm-hmm. Hey, put some parrot filters on there or something. Can I? Is, is that mean, like, probably. I'm going to delete it. I don't want people to, he's got a problem. No, it's just the way the app has been. Like, and I know it's not just me. It's like everybody else is like, hey, like, what is going on with this? I've had other buddies that are like, yeah, don't even get on Instagram anymore. Because my wife is like, what are you looking at? It's like, yeah, I'm just scrolling Instagram here. I didn't know this was going to be there. Or pull up your search. If you want to search for something on Instagram and it gives you all those suggested ones, that's a bad one too. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm so I'm right there with you on that one. I, I understand that one. I'm not a big Instagram Reels guy yet, but I'm, and I'm also not judging. Like I'm on TikTok, I watch that stuff. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's uh, talking social media, mellow and big country. We appreciate you guys joining us on this Sunday, or you know, whenever it is you're listening. We are available on Apple and Spotify as well. But that's it for us today, and we will be back breaking down the Super Bowl on Thursday. We'll talk to y'all then.